Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown podcast. It's Monday night, July 11th, 7-11. That's, that's like a thing, right? 7-11 day. There's some, some yeah, free Slurpee day. Free Slurpee. Did you get one? I didn't. I don't, I haven't had a Slurpee in oh, maybe college before that. I also feel like it's kind of a racket too, where it's like they give you the, not, not maybe not like a sample size one, but like a really small one. And it's kind of like, all right, why did I just go out of my way to go to a Seven Eleven on Ricerstown Road? That's maybe you know a couple people down on their luck and whatever else <laughs> is going on around here. I don't know if I need to be in this area, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, we can jump right into it. So my name is Jake Luke, as you might know, and I am joined on my screen not by Spencer Nathaniel Schultz, who is uh, just two sheets to the wind, just down at the beach again, just beach Spenny striking on his uh, his birthday week. Just having himself a grand old time. And uh, he was supposed to be on here with me and our guest tonight, whose voice you just heard. Uh, but, you know, he's, uh, again, he's not in any condition to appear in front of a camera for what he's liable to say. So uh, it's Eric Arditi joining the show. How's it going, pal? It's going. It's It's been one of the more fun weeks in, in recent memory. Just, again, because of this, and we talked about it off air, but just this run that the Orioles are on. I mean, it's it's every night it's something they're doing something they're coming back from you know four straight hits with two outs and two strikes to come back and win it's i mean it's it's been remarkable again they're playing their best baseball in years and it's just been so much fun to watch and again combine that with me being at the beach and on vacation last week and it was just it was it was a wonderful week it was it was a lot of fun and i hope it i hope it turns into a wonderful month you know yeah, hopefully it will. I mean, that is something that we did talk about a little bit. We've been talking about kind of intermittently throughout the season, just texting back and forth occasionally, just about the state of things. And uh, there are certainly things that uh, are still kind of going on in the background with the organization that maybe feel a little shady at times and this and that. But it just feels like this past week in particular, and maybe the past two weeks, where they, they've just felt like a legitimate, competent baseball organization that uh, is capable of going out and winning on any given day. And that is uh, not something that has been a given for the past three years. And uh, as a, a big fan of the Orioles, I'm definitely a little bit more casual than you and some of the other people in the Orioles circle uh, on Twitter. Um, 
that, that's just a great feeling because I, uh, I do like to like to check in and I do like to follow them when I can. I've had well-documented issues doing so because uh, our, our television provider of choice in my house has decided to feud with Masson for the past two years, which has been sick. So I've had to like stream them and everything. And it's just been, uh, it's been a, a rocky road, but I guess we can start there. I mean, we kind of have to, I guess, start things off because we only get you on every now and again. And I don't know if we've ever really like done an Oriole centric episode. So why don't you explain to maybe the uninitiated, uh, just who you are, your connection to the Orioles and uh, what brings you here? Yeah. I mean, again, always a pleasure joining you. And it, when it's not an Oriole or a Titans Ravens playoff game, which, which is always very contentious, it's very, very, sur- very surreptitious, surreptitious that that worked out twice, like two years in a row. And I guess we both mm-hmm. kind of, we both got our shots in on each other on that, but uh, we, we always managed to keep those friendly, which I'm proud of. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's always more, I always feel like it's kind of my back against the wall in terms of me and everyone who follows me and supports me on Twitter the other half of the year. Um, so yeah, it's nice to have everyone on my side, you know, for this one. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I'm, on the Barstool, uh, Orioles slash MLB guy. I've been doing it for this at Barstool. I think I've been there. This is going to be my eighth year. Um, but I've been blogging about the auras basically since 2013. So I've, I've seen it all again. I've seen the, the, you know, I started blogging, I guess later in 2012, but that wild card run, um, Saw the 2014 team, saw the 2016 wildcard game. I've seen collapses and, and rebuilds and Manny's torn ACL or, or the, you know, his, his jacked up knee. I, you know, again, trading everyone and their mother for nothing in return, it seems like. But, you know, again, it, it's it's been a long road to me convincing, not, not me, but a group of fans trying to convince the other group of fans like, hey, this is going to turn around eventually and, you know, it, it, for whatever reason, it seemed like there was a big anti-Mike Elias crowd on Twitter. Like the, I mean, I was told literally that he was only signed to lower the value or to make sure the team doesn't win so they could sell it easy. And, I, and like someone was told that they told me that they actually believed that that was the case. So again, it's just, I, I've always been a pretty positive guy. I don't, I'm not a big like, Again, I mean, I don't know why people are openly rooting against or were openly rooting against their team and, and their GM. Um, but again, it seems like that's all kind of shut up. And now we're all kind of one big happy family singing Kumbaya, just watching the Orioles rip off wins. Yeah, you, you hit on a lot there. I mean, you mentioned like going all the way back to the uh, the beginnings of the Buck era there with that uh, wild card uh, win or like the series against the Yankees. And I remember uh, seeing I, I actually recently saw a photo of uh, Bieber cut Jake back in those days, uh, you know, finally getting excited about the Orioles for really the first time of his life in, of my life as somebody born in 95. And then obviously you, you get the run in 2014. I was at the Manny knee game. That was a uh, that was quite a quite a drunk experience. And then uh, speaking of that, the 2016 wild card game, I remember that vividly sitting at the bar at Brew River in Salisbury and uh, just how quickly that all that whole sequence happened. It just, it felt like the Billy come to field goal kind of sequence situation. So mm, yeah, yeah, just it's, a, that's it's a good comparison. Eerie, eerily similar. And that, then now you're talking about like this dichotomy of what's going on between the people who have these uh, conspiracy theories about uh, Elias. Some, some people who I have great affection for on Twitter. And uh, I actually, I love their, their steadfastness and how much they actually believe that stuff. I appreciate it. I don't have to deal with it in the same way that you do. So I kind of have, I get to have a little bit of distance with it and just sort of, chuckle along but uh yeah it's 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 a weird dichotomy and like there's there's a a larger discussion i guess that really centers around all this all the happiness that we're experiencing right now as fans because like it has 
been born out of a lot of chaos and a lot of deliberately placed chaos where it's like they hired Elias. And we, you and I talked a couple months about, like back about Astro Ball and like reading that book and about how they very deliberately like came over from St. Louis, Elias and under Jeff Lunau and they tore down the Astros and they made their fans suffer for, for many, many years. And I remember when they first made that hire, I read that book deliberately at the recommendation of our friend uh, Matt Pine. And I was like, all right, well, here's, here's a plan in place. It, it doesn't feel like they're kind of scrapping to scrapping to put together the most competitive team they can and like trying to do what they have to do just to keep pace with the Yankees and just to sneak into the playoffs and just to see what they can do. Feels like they're actually very deliberately setting out a three to five year situation, which we're starting to, to kind of see the beginnings of uh, the the fruit bearing there. Which, you know, I guess this is all a long winded way of saying is like, how, have you, what has been your relationship with Elias, and like, just how has that sort of developed over the past three years? Because it's even you, a very positive guy, I have to imagine that's sort of rocky at certain points. Oh, for sure. I mean, even as as recent as this off season, where they, you know, Jordan Lyles was their big. That was their big free agent guy. And it's like this, I just remember being like, this can't be it. And especially after John Means went down, what, four games, five games into the season, I remember tweeting like, hey, this is on Elias. Because again, they signed Jordan Lyles and that was it. We had no idea when Grayson would ever come up. And again, we're still kind of wondering that that injury makes it very complex. Same thing, you know, DL, we're like, we don't know about him. And it it kind of, again, that was a week into the season and we're going – what the hell are they going to do about their starters? So, yeah, I mean, again, as recently as two months ago, I was kind of questioning some of the stuff that they've done. Um, again, I've shut up about that because these guys are pitching great. Um, it, and again, it, it, can that last forever? Probably not. Is it going to crash and burn? I don't know about crash and burn, but, you know, they, they can't keep this up forever. Um, but you're going back to the Astro Ball. And, yeah, we, we talked about it a while ago. And it's funny because I bought the book, I believe, right before the whole cheating scandal came out. Yeah, that, that book, we were, we were talking I, about it. I was like, yeah, I guess that's maybe colored a little bit differently by by recent events now. But still and I, I, I just, for some reason, again, I was like, I, I was never like, a, this is bad for baseball. I was kind of just like, yeah, sure, they cheated. Like, And again, you know, I'm sure other teams have done similar stuff. They just haven't been caught. Um, but, but I wasn't like, I'm throwing this out. This disgusts me. You know, like I just, I never got around to reading it. Um. But again, reading and hearing everything about Elias when they signed him, like you said, it seemed like, again, it, it's it's he's done it before. It's worked before. It's a proven thing. Like, it has worked. They've won championships. Whether they're legitimate or not, they had the talent there. They were arguably the best team, even if they don't have trash cans and buzzers and whatever replay rooms, whatever you want to say. Pound for pound, they're probably the best team in baseball, that, you know, those years. Even the years that they lost to the, uh, the Nats. Um, which again, Elias wasn't there for that. I don't think that may no, have, no was, yeah, I don't think he was there. He but just been hired. Again, like his fingerprints are still all over that team, and and again, I mean, they're still there. But I, like you said, I think it was very clear cut. Like this guy knew what he was doing coming in. Again, Sigma Dell, same thing. They they know what they're doing. They had this plan in place, and and I get why people are very upset because we're used to. I mean, we saw it just with the Ravens a couple years ago. Everything was kind of up in the air with, you know, the Flacco injury. They throw Lamar in and you have success right away. And it's like this, this is it. This is what we're, this is what we wanted. And, and baseball is so different than other sports. It's different than NBA and NHL and, 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 and the NFL because you, you make a first round pick. You make a 1-1 overall like the Orioles are going to do next week. You're not seeing that guy for two or three years like minimum. 
NFL, if your first pick is not starting right away, it's like, all right, what's go, what the hell's going on? What's what's up with this? Because yeah, we're we're all just I want my success and I want it now. I I, I, can't, I don't want to be patient. Again, we saw it with Lamar. His first, you know, I mean that that was it, the 2019 season. You didn't have to wait what three minutes before he's bombing at the Hollywood, and everyone's like, "This is it. This is all I want." So again, I get it. Baseball is just such a different sport, and it's hard for people to sit back and wait because, again, it's a long. It's I mean, it's a long burn. You don't just you don't just turn over a roster right away and get these prospects up and going right away. Like I, you know, I, I remember two years ago when people are like, "You got to bring Grayson up right now," and it's like, "No, you don't. It's, it's 2020. You're not going to bring." You know. And, and there are people who just don't understand that. Like I, I talked to someone once who asked me, why would you draft a high school pitcher if you don't think he can start for you right away in the MLB? And it's like, you just, th- that makes no sense. You're not going to draft a high school. It, like that, that doesn't happen. It's never going to happen. Um, so again, I, I got why people were upset, but like, like you've laid out and other people have laid out plenty of times. There was a plan all along. And again, it was like, we're going to stock we're going to, they're going to put stock in the draft. They're going to, they're going to do the international signings, which they've done. They've done the, they're building, you know, this complex down, down there and it's going to be unreal. And it's, you know, this is going to suck for, like you said, three to five years. And I mean, again, you've seen it. We've all seen it. It sucked. Like 2018 was horrible. 2019 was horrible. 2020 was, it was a horrible 20, year. 2018. And, you know, also they were trying in 2018, which is like really people forget about that. Like it started the year after that. And like, they yep. actually tried to field a competitive team and they were just that bad, like on par with the other years that they were actually rebuilding. Yeah, absolutely. Again, that, that was a team, like you said, they start, I think they had the best record in baseball at the end of May. And then they just nosedived like I've never seen before. And again, I mean, and I was thinking about that last night. It was like a team with, Adam Jones and Chris Davis and Manny Machado and Jonathan Scope and, and you know, a young Trey Mancini. And there's a ton of those guys. They never won eight in a row. And then it's like you look at – I mean, and again, there's a ton of teams that never won eight in a row. There's any team, any of the teams with O'Day and Marcakis and Nelly Cruz and Trumbo and all those guys, like they never won eight in a row. This team of the ragtag, like maybe there maybe there is something here. Like they're out here winning eight in a row, you know, again, something they haven't done since 05. Um but again, I guess long story short, my my, I was always like, a, hey, they picked Elias. I think he knows what he's doing. Even going back to the wall, people are like, what you, what is you doing moving the wall back? It's like he didn't just wake up one morning and is like, you know what, we're gonna push that sucker back. Let's just let's just push it back just for shits and gigs. Let's just have fun with it. It's like no, he came out with like a, hey, here's how many home runs you know we. That that would have been lost by our pitchers. And well, it was uh, you know what it was ERAs and stuff like that. Like again, especially when he came out and was like, "Listen, nine of our top ten hitting prospects are lefty or switch hitters. Like that's going to benefit us." It's like, yeah, see, he didn't just wake up and pull an idea out of his ass. And it's all like, hey, it's, that's all sig. All that stuff, like all that stuff, is all sig. Like he literally mm-hmm. has a computer that like tells him this kind of shit that he doesn't even think of. Like if yep. and that goes back to the book. Like he had it like. They called it the nerd cave in Houston. Like he, it was just like him and the boys just like chilling, like literally like the, the Jonah Hill character in Moneyball. It's like, it's cliche to even like talk about that kind of stuff, but that's very realistically like how some of this stuff happens. I believe it again. I mean, I've, I've never met Sig. I, I was sitting with, with a, a fiance of a player and he walked right by and she said, Hey, Hey Sig. And he said, Hey, how are you? And I was just like, Oh my God, he's right there. Like that's the smartest man in the ballpark. He's he's probably the smartest man in the state of Maryland. Like he's just 
right there. And yeah, again, I mean, you know, all the credit to him. Um, I know, I think the Mets were interested in him in the off, this offseason. For I GM. Think. And yeah. I, that's when I was kind of like nervous too, because I'm like, this project isn't done yet. Like, I don't want to see, you know, arguably the main guy, one of the main guys leave this project when it's, it's not, it's not all the way done. So I'm happy he stuck around. And again, I, I think everyone is kind of like, it's just one big exhale. Like, see guys, this is, it's working. Like, like you said, we're seeing the fruits of our labor. It's like you're, you planted these seeds a while ago and these flowers don't, they don't, they don't bloom overnight. It, it's going to take some watering. It's going to take some sunlight and like, all right, now we're starting to see them pop up and, and guess what? Like they're, there's some big flowers. There's some pretty flowers. They're going to work. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, it's something that is, it's very easy to forget amidst your emotion. And like, if you're more of an Orioles fan than you're a Ravens fan, which I'm not, I can understand getting more like worked up about it. But I remember Mike's press conference very vividly when he first got hired, he went out there and he said like, this is going to be a long process. Like it, it, there are no shortcuts. And especially when you're in a small, like a small town, small market. And I remember sitting there like, you know what, like that, that kind of sucks that I'm not going to be able to see competitive baseball for a while, but at least there is a plan. And at least this guy seems like he's smart and he knows what he's doing and he's going to bring in smart people that are going to help him facilitate all that. And yeah, I mean, up to this point, we don't have to count our chickens quite yet. There's still a, a game under 500 um, approaching the all-star break, but like that's, that's way better than a lot of people would thought they would do even this year. What do you make of like the, and I, I know you have your fun, like kind of doing the catnip social media engagement thing, but what do you make of like the Buster only stuff these days? Like, are we, are we kicking a dead horse at this point? Oh yeah. I mean, I think we are absolutely like we're, we're doing pile drivers off the turnbuckle on this dead horse. I, I, again, like I was, I think I was, upset. I was as upset as anyone when, when he was doing the stuff about Adelaide and all that. The Messina thing was a disgrace. Like that's, oh, that's, he's, he knows what he's doing with that. Oh, hundred percent. And, and I think that was, again, I think he knew, and I, I know that he knows now that he's playing the, the villain with this, this town, the fan base, whatever. Um, cause again, it was like, it used to be John Heyman. I, I would, I was like, I was gung ho and like, screw John Heyman. That dude's a clown. And then again, it, it turned to, um, um, what's his name? Oh, why can't, um, Rosenfeld. And yeah. it was Rosenfeld for a while. And then that kind of died down. And then Buster kind of just took it by the reins. And again, maybe he's using us for engagement. Maybe we're helping, you know, put money in his pocket with all these, these likes and stuff like that. And he's, he's getting sponsored by whoever and, and he's getting paid for it. But I, I, again, I, I mean, I think he, I think he, the Orioles were very low hanging fruit. I think it was very easy to pick on them. Um, and again, it, it's, I, and to their point, they weren't necessarily wrong. Like it was at some point bad for baseball. Like it I don't, was I don't think he's, I, I, to like, to, sorry to cut you off, but like, I don't think he's wrong at all. Like he, he's, mm -hmm. I don't, he, I don't even think he's like necessarily, he, he's personal with it now, but I don't even think he was personal against the Orioles with it. He was like talking more to MLB, like. Hey, you got to like do some competitive balance stuff here, which I totally agree with. And you got to figure out how to like get your product in front of young kids. And you got to figure out a way to like get young kids interested in this thing, because like it's in some respects, it's going nowhere fast. And like you, you got to like start to make some hard sell changes and competitive balance to me is like very much one of those things that I'm kind of on uh, his side of it with. But yeah, it, it is kind of fun to always have like a little bit of like a, a totem pole that you can sort of latch on to and kind of. Uh, you know, whack the pinata. It's something that we do with like Lamar. Like, it, like the thing that came out today about Lamar, it's like, it's so easy mm -hmm. to just like tweet out like X stat or whatever and like dunk on someone and get 60 retweets out of it and a couple followers. But uh, yeah, that's it, it, in this case, I think we're maybe overdoing it a little bit, but I understand why people want to have their fun. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, I'm sure I, 
I, I like I said, I think he was having his fun with it and and the low hanging fruit. But like you said, I mean, he had a lot of points and and he made some good ones. I think people were more just annoyed with because then again, you look at that article that he had where he's like, the Reds and the and the um and the Athletics should look at the uh, the Astros rebuild and do that. It's like so where would like you know it's like I think that's what we were more upset about. It's like dude, you literally wrote an article saying that like teams should rebuild and do stuff like that, and then when the Orioles do it. They just happen to be very, very bad, and and but that's that's not good enough for that. You know that's the disgrace, but not. And again, it, I mean, it is still kind of weird. You know, teams like like Oakland should be getting ripped to shreds right now. I'm not pissing and crying and moaning because they're they're trading off. You know, anyone that they can. I mean, it's it's again, it's whatever. We've been there. I just it. I think it's strange that the Orioles were the big. The big, the, the, I mean, they were the redheaded stepchild just getting picked on over and over. And, and he's over. got the him and Rosenthal both have the sun connection, so it's kind of like and, and that was another thing. There's there's the Baltimore, you know, tie-ins there, and you know, from the sounds of it, maybe the Angelos don't treat everyone great. Um, it, that that may not In, be a including shock uh, including one else. another. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, so yeah, maybe they do have an axe to grind, and if they do, I don't blame them. I mean, again, I'm sure. I'm sure they they know where some of the bodies are buried too. So you know if they're not releasing them. It's whatever. But I, again, it's a very easy target. Like you said, a lot of easy retweets and likes. And and I have kind of backed off our intern on the the on the um on the Twitter page on Exit Fifty Two is still going a little crazy on him. But hey, to, to each How, their own. When is he going to get full time status? By the way, I feel like you guys are kind of exploiting a little bit of a youthful labor at this point. It's been his, years. It's the summer, so we can't really count on him. We don't know where he is. He's either golfing or he's at some bar playing Golden Tee mm. every other night. I'm sure you've been out at a bar with him at some point. So. Yeah, I think he and I, he yet. and I, he and I might have taken a deep at secrets a, a time or two. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, that's. I guess we we've touched on a lot of the the bigger picture stuff. I guess this one is still a little bit of a, of a bigger picture one too. But I was. You know, I was following them at the time, but I, I don't know if I fully appreciated the Manny ascendance. How does Adley mania, Rutch mania kind of compare to Manny mania? Because it feels like this feels pretty fucking big to me. Manny mania. Man, I mean, that was more of like a. Uh, I don't know. That, I mean, that's a good question, because, again, that was I think it was either the end of August. It had to be the end of August because it was. The Orioles had, I mean, again, they were, I, I, can't, I don't remember where they were in the standings. They were either a game or two behind the wild card. Again, winning record. Like, it was like a, hey, this is this is something that's going to happen. Like, they easily could make the playoffs right now. And again, they came out of nowhere that year in 2012. Um, and just the fact that he, and I don't remember, and again, Twitter was such a different place. Blogs were such a different place. Facebook was so different. Like, there was no... You got to bring Manny up. I, I like I said. I remember I had my phone. We had already got tickets to the game. I think me and my buddies got like ten tickets in center field. It was Wei and Chen night the next day, and it was a uh, Wei and Chen T-shirt night. So we got our tickets. I go to the movie theater. Theater. I'm going to see Dark Knight Rises. I think, in 2012. So yeah, yeah, Dark Knight Rises. I believe. And I have my phone. You know, off. I'm in the movie theater, and I turn my phone on after, and I see, I, I must have had 15 texts, and it was just like Manny, 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 blah blah blah. And again, there was no like Twitter campaign. We have to bring Manny up. We got to get him up here. Because again, he was, I think he was 20 or 21 at the time. Like, I mean, he's Gunnar Henderson's age, I think. I think he was right around there. And, and it, you know, when he came up, I mean, it was, again, we had already had our tickets of the game, so we were set. But I remember there being a lot of people there that night. 
again, they were right in the thick of a wild card race. They were playing the Royals. Um, and yeah, people were going crazy. And then obviously when he came up and had the success that he did and, and we saw like, hey, you saw pretty soon like, hey, this guy is going to be the real deal. Just the plays at third, the like, you know, the don't throw it, don't throw it away, don't throw it at all play. Just those. And again, that 2012 team, they were winning everything in extra innings. They were, they were just so much fun to watch. Um, so again, he just added to that. And Adley, Adley was kind of, again, when they came up, I think they were 16 and 24. So they, again, it was like, hey, this is a bad team. This is not very good. You know, we'll see what it turns into. And then, what are they, 29 and 20, I think, since since he's he's been up now. So he, I mean, they, they both injected life into them. It was kind of different because Manny had all those veterans around him. You know, he had J.J. Hardy to his left. He had Matt Wieters behind the plate. He had, you know, Chris Davis. He had Adam Jones, all those guys. Adley has Trey, I guess Odor, you know, Mountcastle. And, and, you know, none of them except for Trey are really – the, the the those veterans on the team that have been there for a while. So it, it it is kind of the same. I think that the Adley Mania though, I think just because of social media, the buzz. Yeah. I mean again, I I mean that 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 Saturday morning when I woke up, luckily again, if you have a kid, you'll be up at six thirty regardless if it's a Saturday or not. So I I had been up a full hour and a half pretty much before Oh I was I got- uh I was on hole two at uh Timbers of Troy. So I, I was yeah. I was up in Adam too. I grabbed my tickets right there and uh, I went to the yep. game and to, to your point there about like the veterans thing, I think that's a really good point in that they're dropped into different situations, whereas it didn't feel that way probably in 2012, but Manny was kind of dropped into a contender and he helped kind of lift them to where they were going to go. It feels like Adley is really not being put onto a team that was built to be competitive. They are competitive. I think part of that is due to him. He feels like an elder statesman on this team, as weird as that is to say right now, like where the inning ends and he's like running up and like just patting his, his picture on the shoulder every single time. And like, he's not just mm-hmm. doing that for the camera. He's doing it every single time. Like, and it's just, there's a different energy about him. He's truly like, he's, he's kind of, he reminds me of Lamar in that he's just, he's, he's the kid. Like he's the fucking kid, you know, like he's the best. And, uh, he's just, he, he's got, the star quality to him that uh, I think Manny very much had, but it, it does have a little bit of a different feeling where Manny was dropped into a situation where they were able to be competitive quickly. It feels like Adley is kind of going to be maybe part of the, uh, the, the rising tide that's going to lift the boats here. Yeah. Again, again, I think the 2012 team, I think that that boat was floating. They needed like, they had Mark Reynolds playing third. They could never, they, they, they had Wilson Bediment, you know, for games and stuff like that. They just, they didn't have that guy. And again, I think they said he played like I don't think he played any games. He may have played one game at third in Bowie, but they were like he was taking ground balls every day at third. You know, when the press wasn't watching, when people weren't watching. So obviously, Buck knew that that was going to happen. Um, but again, he came up because they they just they needed a third baseman, and he was that guy. And like you said, Adley came up. I think I mean obviously the social media, the the reach, and the the everyone wanted him. But yeah, it's not like. He didn't come up. He wasn't that missing puzzle piece. You know, he's a corner piece that, like you said, that, that, you know, lifts everyone else up. And the, I mean, again, the, the, to the casual fan who may not have known that he goes up and, you know, daps up the pitcher, gives him a hug or whatever. That's, that's the thing that you're like, holy crap. Like this is, and people, cause I, I read that, you know, he did it in high school. He did it in college. He did it all over. And people had said like, ah, I don't know if that's going to play at the major league level. You know, I mean, could you imagine? If, you, if you're on a team with Max Scherzer, you're going to go up and, like, 
give him a hug after the, you know, you're a 20, a, you're a 24 year old kid and you're going to go do that. to like, and, and it's funny, like even the, like visually it is like a striking thing sometimes where he's doing mm-hmm. it with like Felix Batista, who's like dwarfing him. And it's like the culturally, like there's not much of a connective tissue there where Felix and him are obviously from very different backgrounds, but it just plays very well. I think it kind of promotes a, a real like kind of chemistry, which is very important in baseball. Oh, a hundred percent. And, and I, I mean, you, you remember when he came up, him and him and Perez were doing it and they're like, they're like legitimately like chest bumping and like loving it. And it's like, again, Perez was a waiver claim, I think in December, how many times did he throw to Adley in, in, you know, spring training? Probably not much. I wouldn't think so at least, but yeah, again, you see their, like you said, their camaraderie, they're like, they, they were loving it. And same thing. I mean, him watching him and Jorge after the games too has been great. Watching just again him and all the pitchers, it's so much fun to watch them. You see him with Kramer and you know Kyle Bradish when he was up, and a lot a lot of the guys who that they knew each other from Bowie and Norfolk. I loved seeing that. Um, but yeah, it's and it's crazy to think that something that small and kind of just minute. It, I mean, it's it, it that shouldn't have any effect on Major League Baseball, but it legitimately seems like. It does. Like, I don't know if it's just a confidence booster for the, the pitchers or what, but I, I, again, I don't know what it is, but it's doing something and it's, it's helping. I guess it seems like the pitching staff, you know, I, I love it though. It gives a, it really gives them a face too. I think it gives the club a face. It gives you an identity to really like get behind weirdly. And like, maybe, maybe we're talking it up a little bit much at this point, but like, it really does. Like it, it makes me feel things about the team in a way that I hadn't for a long time. I got to give a shout out to our guy Jordan, who's uh, always really funny with the uh, the Orioles memes and stuff. And he was doing like this. He does like this funny like bit about like gatekeeping people who weren't watching them when they were rebuilding. And he like tweeted out a picture of like Asher Wojciechowski. I think it was the other day. And it's like, dude, I can't remember like half of those guys. But like, I feel like I'm going to remember like every single guy that played for the team this year, partially because of things like that. Yeah, again, I mean, there's been a lot of memorable pictures, moments, whatever. Again, memes, graphics. I mean, they're all out there. Because again, it's like, I can remember him chest bumping Bautista and, and Perez and, and all these guys. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, it helps remember them. I don't know. Again, it, it's just, and again, it's just showing them having fun. Like you, you didn't see this last year. Like you didn't see this two years ago. So to see that out there, yeah, I mean, he's he's changed a lot of things for the better. And, and I think that's a lot. Because again, you read the scattering report and all you saw was like great leader, great leader. And it's like, well, okay, how, how do you judge that? And then now you see it and you're like, yeah, there it is. That's it. Like that's, that's hundred percent what they're talking about. And again, it, it worked all throughout high school, college. It's got him here. So yeah, he must be doing something right. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've gotten to know him a little bit too. I mean, like not on a super personal level or anything, but you've met him. You guys have interviewed him on your pod. I think just the one time. Right. And that was, that was, yeah, yeah that was a great interview. And, uh, it just seems like absolutely 100% like that guy in every sense of the word. And like, it feels like they're all closer because of it. It feels like I, I like, I don't know if we see them like out on the boats in Chicago today on the river, like the <laughs> canal, for example, like doing what they're doing. And maybe that's just me projecting a bit, but like, I don't know if like they weren't having this team success, which I think he's a big part of them having. I don't know if we're seeing them have the type of chemistry that they are this year. I didn't see Anthony Bemboom, you know, again, out at one star. Yep. celebrating with the guys and stuff like that. You're, and and again, I know that some of the veterans on the team have told some of the younger guys, like, hey, go out in the city, have fun, like get, get out there and meet the fans and do stuff like that. Because again, it, it ingrains you into the city. We've seen, we've all seen Trey out at, at, a, at Wayward or, you know, one star, you know, a couple nights, uh, you know, Trey, every month. Trey and, uh, Trey and CJ and the boys back in the day. 
Exactly. And again, it's like, you know, it helps you be like, yeah, that's, that's cool. Like I, again, you root for them a little harder. It's, it's definitely a lot cooler. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, like you said, it just seems like they're having a lot of fun. I, I was rolling, cl- clicking through Instagram stories today, seeing Adley jump off the pier onto the boat and Bautista and Odor, like Odor's holding like, it looked like a Jaeger bottle in that group picture. And yeah, yeah it's just like you, and again, it may be, it, again, we've heard it all, winning, cure, winning cures all, you know? Again, they're not technically a winning team yet, but who's having more fun than this group right now? It's like the Mariners who have won eight in a row and the Orioles. And that's about it. It's again, I mean, everything about the team has changed. And, and I mean, it could have gone, it, it also come to think that like there are two Jorge Lopez blown saves away from this being a 10 game winning streak already. Like who's their they could have been super on fire over 500. Yeah. And he's their all-star player too. I mean, that's like, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny how that all works out. And like, I'm glad you mentioned a guy like Odor who like, you talk about another thing where people were like looking at that and it's like, okay, like that's a move that we're making really Mike. Like that's, that's the big move, but you got to think Sig's computer probably saw something in it and, and said like, this is a guy that's going to be able to be productive. And if nothing else, he's been solid and uh, on defense and he's been one of the clutchest hitters I can remember in like many years watching this team. Uh, absolutely. And, and even when and he's, he's bound for a mistake or two a game. I mean, we saw it. What was that last, whatever game against, um, against um who was it texas when he kind of lollygags on that throw in the ninth doesn't make the throw next batter is um seager hits a two-run home run so the Orioles are down one instead of tied and then he hits the the tying home run and obviously they come back and win and yeah i mean a he whenever they need a big hit he's getting it and and again that's it's the veteran in him it's he's the one that started the um the home run chain i've been told that he is the man in the clubhouse like he is He's turning the music on. He's getting everyone fired up. He's having fun. And it's like, again, you need a guy like that in your clubhouse, in your locker room, again, especially with a lot of guys in a locker room that's kind of a rotating cast where you don't have these mainstay eight or nine-year guys. You've got a lot of guys coming up for the first time wide-eyed like, oh, man, what, you know, what do I do? How do I act in a locker room? It seems like he's really taking guys under his wing or t- t- taking almost the whole team under his wing and just been like, hey, we're going to have fun. And you know what? Like, we're going to win on the way. And yeah, I mean, I, again, I was at the game when he hit the walk-off home run against the Rays, and it was—I mean, he's been a nice breath, breath of fresh air at times. He's been kind of frustrating because again, he's hitting—he's not going to hit 250. He's going to hit closer to 200 than that. But he's—he's got pop. He's—you know—he's a lot of fun to watch. And again, you know, if there's a fight, he's going to be the first guy out there. We saw that in Chicago when they had to hold him back. But yeah, he's—and again, like you said, that was kind of a move where it's like. All right, I guess he's up until you know Vavra comes up or, or Gunner or Jordan Westberg, and then we kind of you, you DFA him. And in four years, when Jordan tweets out like, "You remember when Rognetto Door was on the Orioles?" You're like, "Oh, that's right, I forgot about that." Yeah, that was a wild two months, right? Yeah, definitely. That's uh, that's that's an interesting way of putting it. And it kind of reminds me weirdly of like when Tommy Hunter was like a big voice of like those, those Buck teams. And it's like, mm-hmm. really, Tommy Hunter is like one of those guys in the in the clubhouse. And it's like it's one of those things you're not totally privy to, but. It is pretty important. And, uh, you know, I think you hit on some some things there that I guess we should touch on, which is like we're talking about how much fun they're having. But, I mean, the reality is they're a game back of 500. They're, what, two games back of the wild card right now. I mean, what's the reality with this team? What does your gut tell you they're going to do the rest of the year and what's going to happen at the deadline? I, I think I, I'm pretty much safely assuming that Trey is going to remain with them. But uh, you can probably speak to that more than me. I I mean, I, I have no idea. I... 
and this is I was getting into it with my buddy Tyler online yesterday because and I, I I want it like clear like I I think I think Elias is going to stick to the plan. I don't think he's going to deviate at all. I don't think the Orioles are going to make the playoffs. As much as I tweet out like oh this you know it it's very easy to get caught up in that. I but again I I don't think I think they're going to have a bad stretch of baseball. Um, you know, again, they're going to lose six in a row. They may lose five in a row. They may, they may bottom out and, you know, their starters have an ERA of seven, you know, for an extended period of time, something like that. Um, I, I, I don't, I, again, they're not this good, but I don't think they're as bad as we thought they were going to be. Um, but when it pertains to the trade deadline, I, I think if, if, if someone is looking at Trey and they offer, I know MLB um, Network posted something, or they they talked about it last week. Where like the Padres, if they want to move Blake Snell and and a prospect for Trey, I think that's a trade you do. I think I think you have to. You gotta again put everything kind of aside and and you look at it like a business. I think if someone wants to overpay for him, you absolutely do it. If you're gonna get a guy who's 22 years old, who's been in Double A for you know two years, no, I I know I, I think. You find I, I I just don't think the trade market for a guy like Trey is going to like blow you. Away. You're not going to get a package deal where you're like you're getting two top 100 guys and another guy thrown in. It's just not there's not a trade market out there for a half a year of a guy who is limited defensively and who has a I think a relatively speaking a good bat. I think he's a very good hitter. Um, but again, I just th- that trade market that some people think is out there. They're like you have to trade him no matter what. Why? Why you again? You do you want to trade him just to say you traded him? Like no, that doesn't. It's not how it works. And again, same thing with a guy like Mullins. I think if someone offers you three top one hundred guys, you know, again they're stacked at the outfield position. I think that's a guy that they may look at moving um, if the package is right. If it's not right, I tell everyone to kick rocks and say no. He's you know we're going to keep him. And you look to sign him to an extension, maybe again not you're not breaking the bank, but a decent extension. Um, it just all depends on it, on everyone. Santander, Odor, Jordan Lyles. I think if a team is willing to overpay and Elias thinks the, the compensation is right, I think he's going to do it. Um, will it suck? Yeah, it's gonna. It's really gonna suck ripping off the bandaid if some of those guys, you know, get traded. I mean, Trey obviously, you know, I mean, after his comments the other night, it's like, how can you trade him? I, it's, it's, it'll be very interesting though. I, I truly have no idea what they'll do. I would love if they. Gave him, a, you know, a three, I don't know, three years, $35 million deal. Something like that. Like something to take care of him and keep him here because they, the Orioles are still going to need a DH um, in the next couple of years. So I, I I just, I have no idea. And again, personally, I, I obviously want Trey to stay. I want him to be a lifelong Oriole. Will it happen? I, I got no clue. He may be getting traded right now. You know, I have next to no idea. I just think if the package is right, Michael Elias will pull the trigger on basically anyone not named Adley Rutschman, you know, who's on the major league roster right now, maybe Mountcastle, maybe Hayes, some of those guys. Yeah. And I think that makes sense. And I think I, I come at it from a perspective of it's not going to happen because I lean more towards them not getting that compensation package. I think Mike would do it if the move was right. I just don't see any team clamoring to move those assets for Trey. You mentioned Mullins there, which I didn't even really think about, but yeah, that could be a, a guy that, uh, a contending team might want to pony up a bit for, which, yeah, I guess you, you consider it in that respect. But I'm kind of fine with the idea of just, like, standing pat and just, like, playing some competitive baseball, probably not making the playoffs, to your point. And then uh, I guess that leads to this offseason, which I guess I'll throw the impossible question out there to you is, like, is this the year they start to make moves a little bit, do you think? 
Yeah, I, th- I think it has to be. Um, and I, I meant to look up like the free agent pitchers going into next year. I haven't looked at that yet. Um, but it's, you know, there's a lot of, it, it, this is, this has to be the year that they go out and spend money. And again, it doesn't have to be a Correa. It doesn't have to be someone like that. Who, again, we had fun with, we had fun talking about that, um, in the off season, you know, oh, they're going to sign them. They're going to sign them. They never oh, did. Wait, obviously. Act- they actually might sign him. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then sure. like, again, we were joking about it and then it kind of t- got real for a second there. And the, the DMS, I mean, they were the DMS from what's his name? Raul, Raul uh, Ramos or whatever. Like yeah. he still swears. So I'm like, I, I, I believe I mean, him for, for what it's worth. I believe him. It's, I believe I, I he guess, believes I, what he said. I have no idea what to believe. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think again, this has to be the year that they go out and get some free agent pitchers. Um, you got to add, you know, just a couple more guys, I think, because, you have to think going into next year, Grayson Rodriguez should be your opening day starter. Um, you know, John Means will be back June, maybe. You no, know, again, May, May. We've seen how they kind of bring guys back. It's very, very slow. Um, you're going to have Gunnar Henderson up, I think, I think next year. I think we could definitely see him next year. Jordan Westberg, for sure. So, again, like, those are kind of the guys that, like, you know, I, I think those are the guys that are going to be up, so that may not – you may not have to sign a middle infielder. You may not have to sign a guy like Correa. I know there's a ton of shortstops out there. Um, you know, they're not going to sign a Trey Turner or anyone like that, but they have to sign. I think they got to start spending money. That or again, and even when I'm saying spending money, spend it on Austin Hayes. Spend it on Ryan Mountcast. Spend it on Adley. If you know, get, buy out those arbitration years and, and start building that core, laying down those bricks. I mean, again, I rem- we remember in 2012 when they signed Jones to that extension. So I, I think they got to start looking at those again. If they gave Hayes five years, 50 million right now, I think that would be great. I think that would be, I think that would be something. So they got to start spending. I think this is the off season to do it. Yeah. You know, I, I get that you're a small market team. I get that it's tough to scrape together money uh, relative to what these other bigger market teams with bigger purses are able to do, but eventually like, you're just going to have to do it. Like you're going to have to nut up and figure it out. And, I don't know, like, what's going on with ownership right now. I guess we don't really have to, like, dwell on that too much. They're, the brothers are, you know, one of them is suing the other and everything like that with the Angeloses. So that's that's a whole weird kind of, you know, F-pie, as Kendall Roy would say, uh, that we don't have to get into. Um, but it's like, yeah, you just you, you talked about putting this process in place, and the end of the process is, guess what? You can't, you can't get around the fact that you're going to have to spend money. So they're going to have to do it one way or the other. And I like the idea of uh, – focusing on locking that core up um, and yeah, just making some, make some of those, you know, little kind of savvy, you know, not Odor type moves, but like something a little bit, you know, of a higher level than that. That's not going to necessarily break the bank, but maybe you get a nice starting picture out of it. Maybe you get a, a nice, you know, infielder, you know, wherever you might need one and you just kind of go from there. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm into that idea uh, for this being the uh, off season that they finally start to go ahead and spend. So I guess we can close you out here. What's the, uh, What's the status on the farm system? You mentioned Grayson. Obviously, he's going to be a big part of this team next year. Uh, it sounds like his health is in a much better spot than we were maybe expecting as far as uh, a couple weeks or months ago when that uh, injury first happened to him. And then, obviously, guys like Gunner, guys like D.L. Hall. What's the uh, what's the the word uh, with the uh, the baby birds? I mean, they're all just they're just killing it. You know, like like you said, Grayson had the MRIs that came back just extremely clean. It sounds like. Um, Everything I've heard, it, it's saying the same thing. He's he's pretty fine, and I'd be I would be perfectly okay if he doesn't throw a pitch the rest of the year. I think if you want to give him the entire off season to get healthy, rehab, do whatever he needs to do, and then again, I think give him that full spring training. 
you announce it, boom. Grayson Rodriguez and Adley Rutschman. That's your start. That is your opening day, you know, battery right there. I think, I mean, that that's enough to get you fired up right there. Um, again, DL Hall, I think, is knocking on the door too. He's I think he had 14 strikeouts the other day, 35 swing and misses, which is like that's and that's insane. I mean, that that number is 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 crazy to think about. So again, he he seems to be healthy and and like we've seen with Elias this year. He draws it out. And he he doesn't he doesn't overreact and pull guys up immediately. So we'll see how long it takes for him. I I, I definitely expect to see him soon. Gunner is is something. It, it, I mean, there are people who are saying he may have the best bat. You know, when, when he's a full time player in the Orioles, like which is going to say something because he I think he's that good too. I mean, he jumped from the forty first best prospect to the thirty six or I'm sorry to fifth. He jumped up thirty six spots, which is like that's. That's unbelievable. And and there are people saying that if he starts the um, the year next year in the minors, he'll be the number one player in the, in the minors, which it's crazy to think. Again, Adley graduated last week from the prospect list. He's officially not a prospect anymore. And the Orioles still had two top five prospects. Like that's – it's it's awesome. It's an, it's an awesome sight to have. Um, it's an awesome thing to just see. And then, again, you got a guy like Jordan Westberg who kind of – I wouldn't say come, came out of nowhere. He's he's a good baseball player. I just don't think people thought he was this good when they drafted him. I mean, he's going. That's the left side of the infield right there. Like it's it's going. He's just a really really good hitter. So he'll be fun to watch. And again, he's a little older, so they could get him up. You may see him soon. Same thing with a guy like Bavra. Same thing with a guy. You know, Kobe Mayo is going to be a guy too that he's going to be on that list next year. That he's going to excite a lot of people. He's going to be a guy that makes people forget it that the wall got pushed back. Cause you'll say, wait, that, that ball's still 20 rows deep. How did he do that? I mean, he's just a, he's Chris Bryant pretty much. He's a monster. He's, I mean, and then again, Hassan Kerstad who got the, the promotion to Aberdeen today, guy missed two years with a heart ailment, like a heart disease. And it looks like he missed zero time at all, which is, it's unbelievable. It's, it's great that he's healthy. That's obviously the first thing. It's, it's, it's awesome that he's healthy. He was able to resume baseball activities. But the fact that he is still mashing the ball, I think he, I think they said he hit 468 and like 98 at bats. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. I, I think again that goes to show why Elias felt fine going under slot and picking him at two. Meanwhile, um, you know, Austin, uh, who's it? Austin Martin. What is the guy's name? Austin yeah. Martin. I think that's yeah, his name. I, I, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Forgot about him. Yep. The guy that I wanted, that everyone wanted too. He's he's dropped out of the top 100. He's been horrible. So again, that seems like another great. Again, it's it's still way too early, but another good move by Elias. Um, th- there's a lot more guys. It's not like this was just a farm system with with Adley and Gunner and Grayson and DL, and then that's it. Like there's still Kerstad. There's a bunch of guys down in Bowie who are just just mashing. So it, it's the guys are there again. It, it's not like this train stops next year. Like there's going to be guys in 2024 that come up. There's going to be guys in 2025 that come up. Oh, and then you mentioned that they have the number one pick in the draft this Sunday. It's it's like, and I, I think I compared it to like the Pistons when they, I think they won the championship and then they turned around and had the number two pick. Obviously they screwed that up picking Darko, but you know, like they, they, they were a very good team and then they added Darko or they, they, they added the number two pick, which is just, again, it's, it's crazy. And that's the Orioles are a talented team and they're going to add another talented guy this Sunday. Um, and just adds to another already loaded farm system. I, I like to think of it as like a pond. We used to go fishing at these hatcheries where they stock the ponds and, you know, they know what fish are in there and they, they put some big fish in there. 
the Orioles are just loading up that pond with big fish and big fish and big fish and big fish. And it's like, they just keep pulling them out. And guess what? They put another big fish back in there. They pull one out, another big bass goes in there. So again, this is not a farm system that, that they're not going to go away anytime soon. And these guys are, they're getting older and better. And we're going to start seeing a lot of them, you know, pretty soon. Yeah. You, uh, you got to appreciate Dan Duquette for like what he did, but this feels like such a far cry from where they were at the end of his tenure with all the guys mm-hmm. that you just rattled off. It's, it's insane. Yeah, and again, that's not even talking about like Colton Kowser and Hudson Haskin and, and you know, a, a bunch of those guys who who were very good players. Again, Kowser was the fifth pick last year. He's I mean, he came he got off to a slow start. He's playing well in Bowie. But, you know, again, it's just it's name after name after name after name. And the Orioles are at that point where they almost have a problem where they have too many prospects. But again, those are some of the guys that you can put together in a package, maybe for what some did, Yeah, I mean, what did the what did the Cubs do in 16 to uh, deal yep. for uh, what's what's his face? The, uh, the Batman. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there you go. All right, man. Well, uh, I think I've taken up uh, just about enough of your time here on this Monday night, uh, running almost uh, almost an hour, a little over 45 minutes. So I uh, I really appreciate it, man. I think this was a great chat. Great to, to talk some O's on this. Uh, these airways. We don't always get to do that. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun again, seeing everyone getting into it. Spenny, Spenny may be now a bigger Orioles fan than Ravens fan. I mean, he's. He's cutting clips. He's going on TV. He's he's dropping the Downey uh, Ocean. Yeah, I think he's he, doing it all. I think he and I both like to get a nice reprieve from Ravens Twitter. I think there are times where we just completely have to check out from it. I, I compared it to, uh, I don't know if you saw my tweet, but it's like being on Ravens Twitter is like, you're on a message board of climate change deniers and climate change uh, alarmists, like at the same time. And you're kind of like, what's yeah. going on here? And then like being a, like <laughs> being like a member of Orioles Twitter is like, maybe you're a little, you're a little stoned or you're a little drunk in like an open mic night and like just this random part of town and every act, you don't really know any of them, but they're, they're just, they're throwing a hundred on the black the entire night. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, just the, yeah. it's the best. It's just pure joy right now. So it's uh it's great to, it's great to kind of get away from the Ravens for a little bit. And like the Orioles providing that, reprieve i i was missing them and i didn't even really realize i was missing them they were a big part of my life from uh 2012 through probably like 2017 2018 and i just kind of for a number of factors not the least of which was that they were the worst team in baseball for a couple of years i i just fell off a little bit and it just it feels great to have them back and uh it was great talking uh talking about them with you yeah it's it's again i mean people say and again i've i'm far from a ravens fan but this town is buzzing when the ravens are good it's just, it's a lot. It, I think it hits different when the Orioles are good. And again, I'm not saying they're a good team right now because technically they're still under 500. In but I mean, the place. fact that but they're not and that people are buzzing like this, like that, that might prove your point. That's the thing. It's like, dude, you're getting 35,000 at a game. I get it's a Hawaiian t-shirt giveaway game, but 35,000 at a game like that where they're standing up doing the seven nation army. It's like, holy crap. Like there, there is something here. And again, I think it, it 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 lends itself to like pe- people you, they want the Orioles to be good obviously it, it's just the, t- the town is different there's something different when the Orioles are good and it's a 90 degree day and you're baking at the yard you know facing just Coors Light and hot dogs like there there's just something about it so we we got to get out there soon I'm like I'm heartbroken that they're away for the next like couple yeah. weeks you know like this I, it's an off day today and I'm like what the hell am I gonna do like watch replays of the game yesterday I guess so we'll just do that so. We got to get out to a game soon, and and we'll we'll, we'll mix it up out there and uh, on Utah Street. Yeah, man, I was out there on Sunday, and it was as fun of a game as I've been to since those those peak Buck days. So that was uh, that was amazing. Uh, just watching them just cruise to a win. That was the uh, that was after the uh, Trey walk off, I believe, and they uh, they just went out there and they just made short work of the Angels. That I don't even think they hit a ton of home runs. It was just putting balls in play, moving the runners, and just 
you know, just instant offense. It was it was great. You know, a couple beers, just a stress free experience watching them win the mm-hmm. eighth game, the eighth game in the row. So we've uh, we've talked about it at length, obviously. Before we get you out of here, how about you? Uh, you go ahead and uh, you you do a podcast. You do some blogging yourself. So how about you go ahead and plug that in your social media, uh, your iPad uh, restricted <laughs> social media before we get you rolling. Yeah, um, I'm at editti22 on Twitter. Um, throwing out O's tweets at all hours of the night, every every you know hour of the morning, uh, and then blogs are on BarstoolSports.com. Um, yeah, and then the podcast Exit Fifty Two. I oh, the our group text for the podcast has been buzzing this last week too because we're just like this is again this is like this is what now I I'm kind of. Because again, it's been a while since they've been good. So I've seen Rave, I've seen Banks and Taylor, you know, been going nuts, being like, "I can't wait to record the podcast." And I'm like, "Sure, all right, let's, let's do it. It's whatever." You know, that my the only week I had like that, I think, was what is it, week 11, 2020, um, that overtime game. And I'm sure they were they were really excited to record after that. Yeah, and when I chugged that beer right in Banks's face after throwing on the Derrick Henry jersey. Mm. Well, um, well, my boy, but, my, yeah, bo- so, my boy I, Bri got the last laugh on that one. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll allow that, but yeah, again, it, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, the podcast. We're, we are. I can't give anything away, but we are trying to pull some strings to get a big fish, someone we talked about on this on this episode on on Exit Fifty Two, and it'll be it'll be one that if it happens, I would love for it to happen. I don't know, I don't think it will, but we're gonna try and get a big fish on there and uh, talk to him about the O's. So it'll it'll be interesting, but yeah, it's fun time in Baltimore right now. So let's 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 hope it keeps up. Absolutely, let the good times roll. Thank you for uh, joining, pal. Uh, once again, always great to talk to you. So let's uh, let's make it happen soon. Uh, again, and let's uh, let's get out to a, a ball game soon. We, you and me and uh, all the fellas. That would be a great time. Let's do it. All right, later. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Everything out of me. They gonna get a Super Bowl out of me. Need that. Need that.